This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello, my fellow cat-loving friends. There is a big push for May to protect our cats and dogs from parasites. So our favorite vet, Dr. Kelly Cairns, is back. She is the VP of Medical Excellence and Education at Thrive Pet Healthcare. And she is back to talk to us as we're breaking into summertime. How do we protect our pets from all those critters out there? So we will be right back after this word from our amazing sponsor. Rita, I heard Kitty Poo Club is sponsoring our show. What is it? Well, they have high quality recyclable litter boxes that last for an entire month for one cat. And there's no mess and no odor either. No mess, no odor, no box cleaning. How do I get it? (laughs) It's easy. Just choose the litter box you want and the number of boxes. And if you choose auto ship, You'll never have to worry about buying litter and hauling it around again. I can't tell you how much I hate hauling those teddy bags. Me too. No hauling litter box. Different types of litter. Different size boxes. This would be great for my parents. But wait a minute. How expensive is the shipping? Well, the shipping's free. And if you use code 19CATS at checkout, they'll ship your first order for 25% off. Isn't that awesome? Oh my gosh. Honey, I'm sorry, but I I can't keep chatting. I I gotta go place an order. Wait, what was the code again? It was 19CATS. That's 19CATS. Thank you. Gotta go. I'll talk to you later. (laughs) Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to 19 Cats and Counting. I am your co-host, Linda Hall. Is my lovely BFF best friend, the beautiful Rita Reimers, here with me? Thank you, lovely Linda. I really appreciate that. So summer is exciting for us, but for dogs and cats, it's itchy season, isn't it? Yeah, and danger season and flea season. Yeah, it takes the fun out of my life, too. I know. Let's talk to Dr. Kelly about it. Let's oh, do it. Prevention Month of May. Yes, let's do it. Thank you for joining us again, Dr. Kelly. Of course, it is my favorite day of the month. I'm so happy to be with you guys. Oh, we do. We love you so much. We're just oh, so happy. You don't know, we have Dr. Kelly on monthly to talk about topics related to uh, not just cat care, but pet care in general, because I know yes. a lot of people have cats and dogs these days, which I love. Yes. And I will tell you that this is a topic of interest to me because we have flea issues every summer. Come heck or high water, my dog brings them in no matter what I use on him. And then the cats get it and the house gets it. And it's the thing. And, you know, one year we didn't catch it quickly enough. And then we also ended up with the added benefit of worms. So let's start with what's out there and why is it an issue? Why do we need to prevent against it? Such an important thing to talk about and such an easily preventable problem when we are proactive here. Everybody's at risk. We're at risk. 
our cats are at risk, our dogs are at risk of those flea and tick-borne diseases and illnesses. So even above and beyond the itchy that you might get from fleas, we can see parasites transmitted by these what we call vector-borne critters that then we now have something else on top of it. Like fleas can transmit tapeworm and mosquitoes can transmit heartworms. So lots of reasons to proactively prevent against those parasites. We got a question from Susie B who said she didn't think that applied to her because her cats are inside only. So can you answer that? I can answer that. So when it comes to parasite prevention, I am a big fan of busting the myths. And this is one of the big understandable myths that are out there. My cat's indoors, my own cat, he's indoors. So there's no risk, right? However, absolutely, there's still a risk for your indoor only kitty to be exposed to fleas, ticks, and mosquitoes. I mean, first of all, all these little critters are mobile. They can easily gain access to your home through an open door or a window. They can be carried in by people on clothing or shoes, carried in by if you do have another pet that goes outside like a dog. Yeah, that's me. And I've been battling ear mites. They are really hard to get rid of. How difficult is it to get rid of heartworm? Oh my gosh. So heartworm deserves, and thank you for asking, a specific call out and focus as we talk today. So heartworm in cats is very different than heartworm in dogs, but in important ways that we need to understand. Heartworm is transmitted by mosquitoes. Mosquitoes are not picky. They're going to bite anybody. They'll bite us. They'll bite our dogs. They'll bite our cats. If you have blood, it'll bite. <laughs> yes. Right. Um, now, cats are a little bit more resistant to getting heartworm infection than dogs, but they are still susceptible to it. And here's what's really important for folks to understand. It can be 100% deadly in cats, not just the actual worm, but the kind of um, allergic reaction or immune system reaction that happens inside the cat's body. And what's super interesting to understand with cats and heartworm is that they are oftentimes, and I will speak as a clinical board certified small animal internal medicine specialist, how many cats I saw for coughing or wheezing that were misdiagnosed potentially or thought to have asthma that actually had feline heartworm disease. Oh. Because what happens when a kitty is infected is inflammation in the lungs that manifests as what's called allergic airway or asthma-like signs. The wheezing, coughing cat can actually have heartworm. And that's, I'll pause there because that's a big it's an eye-opener, right? It is. It what is. is it's huge. What, what, I have a cat. The reason I'm asking this is my boo-boo. He's been, well, he's getting older. He's losing weight, but he's been wheezing a lot. And my vet didn't find anything wrong with him. Now, would he have seen the heartworm if that's what it was? Is it easy to find? So the way that we test for heartworm infection in cats is similar to dogs, but there's a couple important differences. In dogs, there's usually one test we do called a heartworm antigen test that looks for little bits of the and in cats, we're doing two blood tests. One is called the antigen test and another is called an antibody test that simply looks to see if the cat has made antibodies to the heartworm, which is a little bit more sensitive in the cat than just doing that antigen test. So the answer is your veterinarian would know because they would be testing your kitty with routine blood tests to look for the antibody and the antigen. 
awesome. I have to say, I'm not unfamiliar with heartworm prevention because of my dog. My vet wants my dog on heartworm prevention year round. We get the little chewy thingies. No one's ever said anything about heartworm in terms of my cats. Should they be on prevention for this or should we just be aware? Mm -hmm. So I do recommend that all cats, even if they're strictly indoors, receive just like dogs, year-round, 12-month round parasite prevention with a broad spectrum treatment that it will include treatment for fleas, ticks, and heartworm. And where this is so important you speak to your veterinarian is to determine what is the best medication for your individual pet, taking into account them as a unique individual and their holistic health, their age, any other diseases they might have. Cats are definitely different than dogs in terms of the types of treatments that we use. So in dogs, we will frequently hear or know firsthand that it might be a monthly chew that you're taking. Sometimes we do topicals. Uh, there is a product where you can do an injection under the skin to protect against some of those once or twice a year. With our kitties, here's the great news. Why well, I always say cats are not small dogs. <laughs> um, but with kitties, there is a great product that as an internist, I recommend as my go-to that is a once a month topical on the skin that has been proven in safety studies to be very safe and very effective against fleas, the common ticks, mosquitoes, heartworm, and even worms. Is it revolution? It's revolution plus it's like very rare that i'll be like oh one medicine does it all but really for kitties it's a one-stop shop um and that's what i would recommend all year round okay i have Uh, one i'm sorry linda i have one cat that i know i would never be able to give it to my brownie because she's semi-feral so what happens if my other 14 get it and she doesn't does she just get eaten alive by these things so that's a great question. If all of your kitties are indoor only and all of the other animals are protected in the house, you are minimizing the risk of exposure to the one kitty that's just not going to let you touch her. She still is going to have a little bit of an increased risk for the reasons that we've I've explained related to environmental exposure. But you know what? Progress, not perfection. <laughs> uh, and in terms of, you know, in terms of you do what you can do. Yeah, Milana, I've said that because I have one of those cats too. But I said, you know, if I get 12 out of 13 animals are treated and don't have fleas reproducing in them, it's less likely that they're going to be all over her. And I have safe stuff that I use on furniture and stuff and just pray that eventually. Well, how long do they live on furniture, those eggs, flea eggs? Oh, they can live a long time. So if we're talking about, we know we've got fleas, flea infestation, it is critical that you're treating all the pets in the house, not just the one that you found the fleas on. And you're also treating, as you guys know, the environment. You've got to get rid of what's what's living in the carpet. Uh, You've got to wash things. Otherwise, you're not going to have successful treatment for your pets. I have very little carpet in the house, but I have very old hardwood floor that was laid like a hundred years ago, literally. And, you know, it's got the spaces between it. And someone said to me, you know, they can lay their eggs in those spaces and live there and come back months later. So I've got a steam mop that sanitizes with the hot so that I run over all my floors. Because ever since she said that, I'm like, there could be something living in there. Will that kill those things that are in there? Hot? Well, that steam mop that says it sanitizes the floor, that will kill what's laid in there, we're hoping. Oh, we're hoping. Yeah, we're hoping. Although I certainly am not an, I certainly don't, you know, don't know what that critical temperature is in terms of killing all those eggs, but that's definitely going to help. 
Yeah. Yeah. We run the vacuum and then I run the steam mop. So I'm glad you said that the revolution was safe because someone also asked who wanted to remain anonymous about the chemicals in flea meds. They're scaring them to death. They've heard of deaths from some of these flea meds. We ourselves, Rita and I, Rita had a cat's only pet sitting business and our pet sitter was on a long sit and the instructions were on Thursday, whatever, to give the cat the flea meds. And within about 15 minutes of giving the meds, the cat started seizing and frothing at the mouth and they said it was a reaction to the med. It was not so, revolution. Just- it was not revolution, no. So yeah, can we talk about the safety of some of these and the dangers? Yeah, and this is really important for pet parents and kitty parents to really understand that when we talk about veterinary approved and licensed parasite preventives for cats, so by way of example, Revolution Plus that we've been speaking of, the very safe, very, very strong safety profile, this medicine is tested, it's approved, it has to be licensed for use. Where people hear real stories of, oh my gosh, this flea tick preventive or this bath or this topical or this oral medication gave a cat a seizure. And I certainly don't know the examples of that specific cat and what they received. But what we need to understand is that cats, we've talked before about how cats metabolically internally are very different than dogs. And there are some medications that do have side effects in cats or toxicities that don't for dogs. So my experience is that a lot of times these stories are related to a product that is not meant to be given to a cat, but is more for a dog, or maybe it's a drug or a product or a topical or a shampoo that can be given safely to cats, but at a different dose or different route of administration than dogs. So this is underscores the critical importance of please speak with your veterinarian to determine what is the best product for your cat and what is safest for your cat versus going to get something over the counter. And there might be an unintentional miscommunication. And now that kitty is getting something that isn't going to be safe for it. Well, that's interesting because um, a while back, and this was I think it was still, I was still in LA. I had so many cats that my veterinarian there suggested um, advantage for dogs because you get more for less money. And then he told me by weight class, how much of that to give each of my cats. So that's really important. Yep. Critical. It's not just the type of product, but the dose. Many times with cats, not just for parasite prevention, but other types of medications, we can use the same drug, but at a different what's called dosage range. So we give like one milligram per pound to a dog, but half of that to a cat. So it's very important to understand. Now, the revolution is, or not, yeah, the revolution, the one you were talking about, that is available only with a vet's prescription. Why? Why is that? Because we had this discussion. Why is that? Yeah. So some medications may not actually require a veterinary prescription and others do. And you pointed out like Revolution Plus is, is one that is. And I am certainly not a regulatory expert by any stretch of the imagination, but I have a high enough understand level of understanding to understand that decisions are made when products are getting approved to make sure that they can be used in the safest manner for pets. And so you will find that a lot of products that have gone through those rigorous tests to get the highest level of approval with all the regulatory bodies nationally do have that stamp on there to ensure that when they're actually given, all the boxes have been checked to make sure they're given to the right patient in the right way. Well, okay. I had to do some fudging because, you know, I have 15 cats and I needed that because I was trying to get rid of those ear mites. I had to like pick three of my cats who've been recently to the vet 
and get like the multi-dose packs. So I had enough to give all 15, but that only works once. Then what do I do? I cannot. Right. Yes, because they'll, the they'll be like, you should still have some left, right? Yes. But yeah, but I don't. we can't get to the vet. <laughs> I think I have one dose left. <laughs> yes. Well, this is where, especially if you have a lot of cats, you also need to look into if your veterinarian has any sort of, you know, specific time of the year when they're doing special, like, you know, a lot of vets will do dental health month or like, for example, for our 400 Thrive Pet Healthcare practices, we are doing a come on in, stock up, get what you need with it discount through May. Um, also, some of the companies, I do believe that the company that makes uh, Revolution Plus might have, and a lot of companies will have like a pet parent incentive program or like a perks program where you can wind up like earning, yeah, you know, credits and money for, yeah, kind of like a punch card, right? So you just need to ask those questions to figure out where you can make your dollar go the furthest. Yes, yes, definitely. I have a question, but I think we're getting to the halfway point. So yeah. do you want me to hold it? Okay, Let's I'll hold go it. Ahead and take a break just a couple okay. minutes early. Um, we'll be back after this word from our sponsor and continue talking about this very important topic. We'll be right back. How many of you have pets? My hand's raised. Now think about how lucky you are to have such a sweet little pet in your life. And that pet is lucky to have you too. But unfortunately, there are countless pets out there that don't have a home to call their own. However, Bob's from Skechers is trying to change that. So we developed Bob's for dogs and cats to help pets in need. With every purchase of adorable Bob's footwear or fun stylish apparel, or even the cutest Bob's pet accessories, Skechers makes a donation to Petco Love to help save shelter pets. And with your help, we've already saved the lives of over 1 million pets and raised over $7 million. So while you're getting style and comfort with features like Skechers' famous memory foam cushioning, you're also helping to save an adorable pet in need and helping another lucky owner be connected with a future best friend and companion because happiness is having a loving pet by your side. Find Bob's at a Skechers store, Skechers.com, select pet co-locations, or wherever stylish footwear is sold. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And we're back with 19 cats and counting my lovely co host Linda Hall and Dr. Kelly Kearns. Do I say your name right? It is Cairns like the terrier. That's how I, I always I remember it. Wrong. Don't hold that <laughs> against me. Whenever I write it or before I say it, it's like the terrier Cairn. I always <laughs> trip on your last name for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. It's not. We've had harder. But uh, so I live in Ohio. We get a deep freeze. We've had a couple decent ones this last couple, but we get a deep freeze every winter. We get snow that kills all the fleas. So why do I need to incur the expense of medicating them every month year round? Can I take the winter months off? Great question. And you have just hit on one of the other, I talked about myth busting when it comes to parasite prevention. So yeah, undoubtedly, we know that there's less fleas, ticks, and mosquitoes when it's really, really cold with the deep freeze. But there are some things that make me say we should do it all year round. 
Climates can be unpredictable, especially in the modern era. I mean, here in Chicagoland, you know, we did have a freeze last week and then it was 70 degrees. So you do, you can get pockets of standing water. It gets warm enough. Now you have parasites. And when we have a gap in treatment, it creates an ex risk exposure. And we also know that whilst infection rates for these parasites do decrease in cold weather, we still have a warm climate inside our homes during winter months. And we do some Sometimes see that can be an attractive breeding ground for parasites, especially, you know, fleas that might have states of dormancy, but are still there. And last but not least, it's a global universe. And now more than ever, we're seeing that people travel. And even if your cat didn't like pack its bags and go to Hawaii with you, you're traveling, other animals are traveling. And so that can still expose your indoor animal to parasites upon your return. That's interesting. I never thought about that. Except I didn't either. And I have to admit that I've been guilty of slacking off in December and January. I keep it going because we do have that weird weather. I mean, April, we had a day that was 81 and it snowed the following week. So we can't keep Crazy up with weather. So exactly. Yes. Buffalo was too when I lived there. Yes, exactly. Here's what I would just say real quick is because I always look at like, what are the you know, what are the risks of either course of action? And I just as an, and maybe I'm a little biased, I'll admit, because as an internist, seeing patients that come in with serious, say, heartworm inf infestation, where now they're in right-sided heart failure, or they have an acute, uh, what's called acute lung problem, where now they can't breathe, and we're treating them. And I've seen patients die. I've seen patients where we are, thank goodness, able to treat them. Um, but it's a lot of expense. It's, you know, frankly, the pet doesn't feel good through that treatment. And I've seen that happen in those susceptible months where we have six-month treatment, we didn't do it in the winter, and there was a gap related to fluctuating weather, the pet got infected. So I look at an ounce of prevention in this case as being very much worth a pound of cure when someone is able to do that every month. You're absolutely right. If I can ask a question, um, my mom for a long time ran the uh, Humane Society here in Lancaster, South Carolina. So she was pulling a lot of dogs because they're mostly dogs and most of them were coming in with heartworm. And I remember her saying there was a slow kill and a fast kill to get rid of the heartworms. I'm not sure the difference, but is it the same way with cats? This is an excellent question. You guys always ask the best questions. If you have a heartworm positive cat versus a heartworm positive dog, there are differences in treatments. When you speak about the slow kill versus the fast kill, that's referring to dogs treat that have heartworm. Fast kill is certain medication, short course of treatment, more risks, potentially going to go great in the hospital, close monitoring. Slow kill is other medicines. Pet is home. There's a protracted or long period of treatment maybe over a few months. Now with cats, actually, um, so a little interesting to note that they don't tend to get the same number of worms that dogs get. They tend to have, technically, it's like one to six worms that cats get, but their body reacts very much more robustly than a dog body. Cats like to get inflammation. Their immune system likes to get activated. The main drug that you will read dogs are treated, you are given to treat a heartworm infection can have a lot of side effects and toxicities to cats. So the American Heartworm Society does not recommend that cats that have heartworm are given that what you are thinking of as that fast kill medication because the treatment can actually be more toxic than the disease. 
it so with cats we are freak and there's active research happening in the veterinary world right now to look at potential medical slow kill alternatives for cats but at this point in time the american heartworm society is frequently recommending in many cases and again for an individual cat your vet will tell you what's best but in many cases we are treating the inflammation associated with the worm until that worm dies on its own, which in cats is usually two to three years. In dogs, they can live about five years, those adult worms. Wow. Or we're taking out the worm. Remember I mentioned it's one or two, it's Harry and Fred. And there are board certified specialists that will go in through a vein under anesthesia with a camera and literally pull the worm out surgically when it's in a location where that is possible. We're both getting the creepies over the worm. Sorry, we'll, we'll grow up now. Itchy. Bottom line, let's not get the cat infected. Yeah. Exactly, yes. Yeah. I, guess, and, you know, I wanted to ask that in case, you know, a lot of people adopt from the shelters. And um, because of the way shelters are, you tend to bring home a cat that's got some kind of parasite. Yes, yes. And let's talk about things to look for. So I have to tell you, when my dog has a flea, <laughs> scratching all over you know. the place, losing her mind, having a nervous breakdown. She's <laughs> so obvious. My cats are not so obvious. And you don't see them jumping on the cats. I I have been uh, putting that to the fact that they're so OCD about cleansing themselves and wiping them off. I've never seen one on my cat until I went hunting with a fine tooth comb, literally. Um, and the worms... That was a shocker. My the son that had comes from the eggs. Yeah. Yes, my son was holding one of the cats, and there was something little white by the anus. And I said, "Get me a paper towel," and wiped it. And then I put my phone on Blah! it and enlarged it maximum to Blah! see. And, yep, that's what it was. So after I stopped myself from being ill, yes, I was like, <laughs> "Okay, we're gonna start." So yeah, I mean, are there symptoms we can find, or should we just go around staring at our cats' butts? Let me give you guys all what I hope is going to make it really simple and very, very like just really simple action items that every kitty family can can take into their toolkit and utilize starting immediately. Yes, so please. There's, so they're all fleas, ticks, heartworms, worms, meaning, you know, worms in the poop, which you found, unfortunately, <laughs> the hard way. So let's start with worms that live in the GI tract, which again, if you use a broad spectrum preventive like Revolution Plus, you're also going to get protection against those what we call intestinal worms. So hookworms, roundworms, okay. Um, and so those worms in the poop, you're doing that fecal exam once or twice a year, whenever you go to your vet for routine wellness exam, right? Part of that is doing blood, urine testing, look at organ function, and a fecal exam. So that's how you're going to make sure your pet, your cat doesn't have those GI worms. But also, if you do the preventive every month, we're going to be really unlikely to get those worms because we're preventing prophylactically. Now, let's talk about heartworm. Most cats will have no serious signs of heartworm that you in your head would naturally say that's clearly a sign of heartworm. The most common symptoms of heartworm in the kitty are going to be, as I mentioned, wheezing or coughing. They're going to act like they've got allergic bronchitis or asthma. What are you going to do? You're going to go to your vet. You're going to have a physical exam and they're going to do the blood test. Okay. And again, if you're on preventive, we're not likely to get it. I mean, this, these, the drugs are really good. Okay. Now, 
Ticks and fleas, to your great point, especially fleas, it can be difficult sometimes to know if they're there. Now, you actually, in a kitty, you've been really lucky, actually, when you say, oh, my cats, what I'm going to say in in vet terms, non-reactors, right? Your cats don't seem bothered. Though every single kitty has a very unique individual susceptibility to how much they are bothered by fleas. There are kitties that actually with like one flea can have a severe allergic reaction or a flea hypersensitivity. They will go crazy. So this, you know, actually... If you ever take your cat or your dog to your regular vet or to a veterinary dermatologist, if they're itchy for any reason, you are going to be sent home with treatment for fleas, even if you can't find a single flea in case Harry's hiding on your cat and there's a hypersensitivity. So again, if you protect all your animals in the house with a medicine, you are exceedingly unlikely to get that flea infestation. Um, and, and it's other than looking for the flea or looking for itch, you're unlikely to know that there are fleas. So really prevention is probably best in this in, in this instance, unless you have a kitty that has an allergic reaction. Okay. Have, have you seen flea dirt, Linda? I've never had a flea. Dirt. I have not have seen flea dirt. dirt. I have wow. on, on the dog because she's so white and it's not, you take the dog, you move her around a little bit, you go, look, there's a flea. The cat, I, I literally fine tooth comb to get wow. anything. And it's just crazy. If I didn't have the dog, the flea infestation would probably have gone on for quite a lot longer. I'm shocked you haven't seen that. Cats are fastidious. They're cleaning, you know, but if if anyone here is saying, what is fleeter? What are they talking about? It really looks like dirt, but what it really is, and sorry for another gross out y'all, but it's, (laughs) it's poop. It's flea poop, right? And so, you know, so that the listeners understand if you ever see what looks like it could be dirt and it's, on, you know, in between on the skin, in between the hair, the fur of your cat or dog, if you take a little bit and you kind of scrape it off and put it on a piece of paper and put some water on it, you'll know if it's flea dirt because it kind of will actually look rust or red when it mixes with the yes, water. I've seen that. Mm-hmm, that's gross. Okay. Okay. Cool. Okay. It is gross. Well, I didn't know that about the varying reaction levels, but that makes sense. I've seen it with mosquitoes. When Rita and I sit outside Ugh. somewhere together, I'm a by the time we come in, she has welts on her from mosquitoes. I mean, huge, hivish looking things. And I'm going, I don't know, they didn't bother me. <laughs> Even if they're citronella lit. Yeah. So I guess it's I the same thing with the cats and <laughs> it's, it's the, the reaction same level. Thing. And Rita, Rita, I'm gonna I'm gonna commiserate with you here because I am one of those allergic to anything that could bite me. me I get welts like this, and my husband, he's one of the 25% of people like you, Linda, non-reactor. He just doesn't matter. He's not bothered. So who do they go to? My exactly. ex-husband was like that too. We take a walk, and you know, two minutes in, I I gotta go, and he's like, "Why? I'm not getting bit." He's like, "What's happening?" Exactly. Oh. We were sitting in the hot tub one night, and all of a sudden, she's got this huge red welt <laughs> on her cheek. From yeah. being bit. And yeah, I didn't get that. I, I'm not saying I never get bit. I have, and it's annoying. But yeah, my daughter's the same way. If my daughter and I go out, she's got a hundred bites if I've got one. And the same thing with Rita and their welts. So I guess that equals the um reaction to a flea bite in a cat that, you know, now, some of them don't, don't take it so well. I don't know if you can answer this question, but because I can't get all 15 of my cats to the vet. So I cannot get individual prescriptions for uh, Revolution Plus for each and every one of them. What else can I do? What else can I use? 
So well, what I would first talk to your vet about based upon the state you're in and the um, nuances of the Veterinary Practice Act, because it's different in every state in terms of what we as vets are allowed to do, what would constitute a vet-client relationship? Because there are certain instances where in certain states, you actually can establish that through telemedicine and you don't have to bring that cat in and you might be able to get prescription from your vet. Oh, I'll yes. ask Dr. Glenn. Okay, Talk, you. Have a conversation with your vet to see what is allowed in that state to see if the actual Revolution Plus is able to be dispensed to all your yes. kitties. Well, and I will say if you are on Chewy's auto ship program, which I know Reed and I both are, they do have televets there that you can talk to that can prescribe some prescriptions. They're limited to some extent, which is understandable because it's what you can diagnose over a phone, right? But it might be worth a shot, you know, check with them and see. I mean, it's a flea med, right? Did we interrupt you going through the hierarchy of worms and oh, I did worms. I did first. No, I did fleas. Yep. Yep. I mean, Ticks are the only one I didn't talk about was ticks, which kind of falls into a similar bucket as fleas. Although for whatever reason, fleas tend to be the ones where animals can, some animals can develop that hypersensitivity or allergy that happens more, maybe, for, you know, more than the other external parasites. But, you know, ticks, it's the same thing. Your ticks, you know, you're, you're going to be more likely to see them, right? Even on a cat. Okay. So yeah, I was pretty much done just rounding it out with ticks, but you guys remember ticks. So there's multiple species of ticks. And oh, so like, I did not one know of the, there are multiple species. And so like, when we talk about like ticks that can transmit uh, additional illnesses, uh, some of which can be transmitted to animals and people. So Lyme disease is a big one. And that is transmitted yes. by not all types of species of ticks, but um, there's a couple that are the ones that we know are, have been proven to transmit it. And then there's, there's different prevalences of where those ticks are. And we know we see it all over the country, but um, I do believe that Lyme, little trivia, I, I do believe that that was named for in the in Connecticut, kind of where that initial hot. Oh, I was wondering that. Yeah. So, so, you know, ticks though are a big one. Again, you know, we, there's many, many what's called vector born. Vector is a fancy word for the little buggers, the external parasites. Vectors meaning they can actually harbor another infectious agent that when they then feed on you or your cat, they transmit. They and transmit so, it. ticks, a whole bunch of those. Yeah. And that makes sense, you know, talking about, well, my indoor cats only. Anybody out there never had a mosquito in their house? But, uh, you know, they do come in. But we were talking to the two crazy cat ladies one day, Jay and Adrian, about flea prevention. And they said in Vegas, but it was fleas, that they really don't have fleas. So if you live in an area that's less prevalent to those kind of things, do you still need to worry about prevention? You do for all the reasons I've already mentioned. And also, even if they might have a lesser prevalence of fleas, and I would, I don't know for sure, I would speculate that maybe that's related to the climate there. Maybe it actually is too hot for the flea. I, I don't know. I mean, Desert, right? No yeah, moisture. Sure, hot hot. Yep. But we do know that these parasites are found in all 50 states. Um, so Nevada's got it too. So the good news is, and this is where, especially for me, thinking about what you can give an animal, it's nice that you can prevent everything with one medication that again, unless your kitty is feral, where you can't touch them, you can give it on the skin and you don't even have to pill them. Yeah, brownie. I just can't. I just can't. I, I do have one more question too. I've always heard that the fleas can also cause anemia in cats. Is that true? Yeah. So that's going to be most relevant when you, uh, 
are a small cat or a kitten. We see that in puppies too. If they have a really high flea burden, because the fleas are little vampires and they're sucking blood. And I 100% have seen little kittens that come in as a stray, rescued with very severe blood loss. It's blood loss anemia. That's what it is. You know, you're not probably going to see severe anemia in, you know, my 18 pound chunker sitting over here. Right, right, right. Exactly. But yes. Peanut butter safe. I have a 19 pounder. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But those little kittens, like you said, you know, people that find kittens out there, they're usually covered in fleas. So after yes. you get rid of the fleas and, and all of that, do you need to do something special to help them build up their blood again? If they are severely anemic when they're diagnosed, where they are having trouble carrying oxygen or breathing, they would acutely need a blood transfusion, which 100% oh, wow. I see. But as long as they're not anemic enough to need that immediate life-saving transfusion, the body is just going to make more red blood cells. You just got to give it time. Okay. So they'll probably be lethargic for a while. So my goodness, you look at these things and you think they're, you know, they're past. So which I, I considered fleas just a nuisance, you know, a few months ago, a couple of years ago. But now it's like, oh, but wait, they can cause worms. They can cause, you know, you can end up with all of these things with a heartworm, with, you know, anemia, need a blood transfusion. So you're right, you know, when we look at the cost of monthly treating the cats, especially when you have 12 and 15 cats, you tend to choke on your own tongue a little bit at the thought of spending that much money every month. But the treatment for this is going to be so much more astronomical that it's a better deal, right? It's like a savings account. <laughs> Just... Let's wait till we open the sanctuary, Linda. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's where a lot of our budget's going to go. A big line item, flea and tick prevention. Yeah. <laughs> But and the other flea meds that you get, because there's some other good ones, like I know Advantage, Advantage is pretty good, Advantage but they don't plus. do the ticks in that also, correct? And mosquitoes? Yeah, correct. So yeah, so again, just the, re and I don't have stock in the company. I'm just telling you what I did as a clinical internist is, you know, it's one medicine that's safe, that's on the skin, that has a broad spectrum of activity for all of those tummy worms, as well as the mosquitoes, the fleas, the ticks, and, and the data and the studies showing very strong efficacy in terms of how well it works. So I like a one-stop shop. I want one thing. Yes. Now I have one more question. I know we're running out of time, but it's okay, we can go a little. If oh, thank you. If a cat gets the topical, you know, we put it on the back of the neck so that they don't lick it off. I know exactly what you're going to ask. I have twelve cats. They groom each other. Yes. It scares me. What happens if Fluffy's grooming Muffy and licks where the flea prevention was just put? Yeah. So I always recommend when any kitty is getting the topical put on that they go somewhere where no one else is going to be able to groom them for a little bit of time, right? We're not, okay. we're not talking, you know, three days, but we want to give that medicine time to dry and absorb into the skin so mm -hmm. that you're not faced with that situation with someone okay. licking, which then could make that other animal, you know, feel sick, tummy side effects, you know, it'd be unlikely to see really severe adverse reactions, but um, it's not going to taste good. It could be tummy upset. We don't want to risk any of that. And also now the medicine you've paid for can't prevent the parasites because now it's gone. Yes. Worried I about the dangers of the cat is inhale ingesting it I and worried about the cat that I gave it to that now just got half of it removed from their body. So just separate. Like most cats aren't gonna want to groom that because they it does smell bad. Yeah. Give, yeah. give it a few hours, give it that, you know, separate them for that period okay. of time. And now we're good to go. Prevention. 
Pull that 12 and 15. I was, well, I was thinking yeah. it's going to take some thought, but we can do this. We can do that. I'll have one or two or three cops. This is easy for you. Right? It's like nail clipping. We're on a rotating schedule. <laughs> Today's your day. Tomorrow's your day. Yep. <laughs> so did we miss anything that people need to know? Any other myths we need to bust or information that's important to know as we come into the season of critters? As per usual you guys have asked all the most amazing important questions i so appreciate you having your finger on the pulse and um you know really just i say it every time i'm on proactive proactive wellness care is going to let your kitty live many 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 years feeling great it's so worth it to be proactive when it comes to wellness and you know i always say beat the drum and just start a conversation with your veterinarian yes yes make sure you have a veterinarian you can talk with if you don't find another one i love thank you so much again you are just so wonderful and we are so blessed that you're willing to do this with us and share this information to our listeners every month on such important topics Well, I so appreciate you guys. I decided every time I'm on, I'm going to try to share something fun with everybody. So I want to share with you guys all my favorite. I'm giving this as gifts now. I found it on Amazon. It's an emergency cat. It meows. It mews. Oh, my God. Oh, I need one. Did you hear that? That's a cat fight. It purrs. It's amazing. Okay, we have to get that. When Rita and I have been on business trips, I'm just flashing back to being in the hotel with Rita. First night, oh, no cats. Nobody's knocking over my stuff. I've got all this room in the bed. Second night. So we'll bring one of those with us. And I'll be like, here you go. Just close your eyes. I have been gifting it like crazy. And I am not going to lie. I have a couple times hid in the closet and done it. And the whole family is like, what is going on? And I just stay how do your how do the cats oh, react to that? Fun. How did the cats react to that? Yeah, well, they're yeah, they're they don't like it. They want to understand what's happening. They want to know who's in who business in the house. You know, when you need when you have a cat deficiency, keep a cat. Keep a cat. I with love you. this. I need this in my life. You know, I'm gonna be ordering this today, right? <laughs> I think we should get it because do you remember we had that that damn it doll when we would get frustrated? Yes, yes, yes. yes we need that, that for that. It. Yes, exactly. Like, yes. when do we talk to that somebody? Do we give them a hiss or a purr, right? That sounds <laughs> when you need them. Exactly. Feeling down, that. play the purr, close your eyes, you'll be okay. Yeah. There we go. Like you've just given I us our love it. There you go. Maybe everyone you know is getting one of these for Christmas. I ate $10 on Amazon. It's going to happen. I'm telling you. I love it. I love it. I love that. <sighs> well, thank you so much. I always hate to, to end our conversations because they're so in intuitive insightful and fun likewise ladies we get her back next month yes we'll be back next month with a new exciting topic we don't know what it is yet we'll have to wait and see uh but thank you so much for being our regular guest on uh 19 cats and counting dr kelly we so appreciate you yes thank Um, you so much ladies linda i appreciate you more than you know especially now that you have a health struggle going on don't get so sweet and make me tear up stop it <laughs> and now everybody's wondering about that love you too that later. <laughs> and of course mark winter thank you so much for our spot on pet life radio where everybody yes appreciate yes. you if i could just talk today and just remember everyone every day is Saturday. see you next time let's talk pets every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com.